Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something about talk time on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. Welcome to the Sutton United Talk Time Podcast. It's the Sunday service. And yes, that was Craig Dundas at the start of that intro saying, hey, it's the podcast guy. Because when he said it to me, I begged him and pleaded to send him the, the, the sound file. Literally, all I had to say was, it'll annoy a lot of people, Craig, can you send it to me? And here it is. <laughs> so, um, club legend saying, hey, it's the podcast guy. I should retire, um, but I'm not going to, just in case I can get some more. Um, obviously live on Facebook, um, Twitter and YouTube. So if I can remember, I'll chuck it, I'll check in the comments. Um, joining me again today is Paul Darby. Hello, Paul. Hi, Mike. All right. Very well. Thank you. And joining us for the first time is David Mears. Hello, David. How are you? Hi, Mike. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you've been listening, David, you do know there's a little song for the debut podcasters. Yeah, you've got to sing something for us. Oh. <laughs> no, David. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. You did, you did kind of in your message to me tell tell me a little bit of your Sutton history, but obviously people can't see that. So just give us a little brief um, bit about yourself. Who are yeah, you? Sure. Who am I? Okay, so yeah, I was born in Carshalton at the War Memorial Hospital, which I think no longer exists. Um, London Borough of Sutton, um, Barrow Hedges School, Wallington Boys School and um, made a very brief appearance myself. I think I was around eight or nine at Gandhi Green Lane. The pitch was divided into four. I can't quite remember what the competition was, but at the time it was my big claim to fame that I did play at Gandhi Green Lane, albeit not on the full pitch and albeit not with the crowd. But <clears throat> apart from that, I'm still dining out on that story now. <laughs> it's as close as I got to footballing glory myself. Um, and uh, so relationship with Sutton United goes back a long way bit on and off in over the years I've um, many years ago I moved out to Madrid for various reasons and uh, I've been following them from, from afar um, as well as supporting here Atletico Madrid and um, but obviously very excited over the last few years to see the development of the club it's been fantastic to watch I get back as often as I can to see the games I was at Wembley last week and I've been at a few games this season as well uh, my main period of going, um, I don't know if you might remember this, Mike, uh, my main period of going a lot to Gandhi Green Lane was back in the sort of early 1990s when 
there was a team populated by some of the names I remember. I don't know if you do. Would be uh, the Golly Brothers, mm. uh, John Rains, Tony Rains, uh, Matt Hanlon. Um, there was a uh, Dominic Felton, uh, Jimmy Dack. I remember yeah. being the name at the time. Um, so there was a period where I went quite a lot, and that would have been, I think. 91 ish, 92 ish, that kind of time. Uh, and since then, obviously, less. Okay. I was going to say, it sounds like you've left out the, 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 the wonderful Sir Lenny Dennis, but he might have just left at that point. No, he. No. I remember him definitely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And Paul McKinnon, of course. Yeah. And, and Effen came a little while after that. Yeah, Effen and well. Cooper. I remember the big, yeah. the big day when he got signed by, was it Norwich? Or... Norwich, yeah. Was it Norwich? Yeah. So all a bit weird at the time, but now it's like, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and then um, well, Paul Rogers as well um, hit the big time, didn't he? After he did, I um, great, great conversation about Paul Rogers with um, the guy from the Wigan podcast um, because he he um, he won Wigan this trophy, or not this trophy, the Papa John's whatever it was called at the time. Um, so. Um, Great conversation. I'm not sure if I caught all of that on, on camera because we spoke for ages. We promised each other like 10 minutes and then ended up speaking for nearly an hour. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, you go back to sort of a similar era to lots of people. Um, it is a club that everyone kind of just – I know, Paul, yours, yours is only a few years, <laughs> but you can just tell from everyone that you've, you've been on with that it's kind of sucked you in and you're here now. You're, we've got you. <laughs> you're not being let go. Um, but on to very quickly um, yesterday. There's not a huge, huge amount to talk about. Um, it's a scrappy game. I mean, yeah. Anyone got any thoughts on on, on the game? Paul, do you want to jump in? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. As you said, it was a scrappy game, wasn't it? But I mean, fantastic three points, wasn't it? It's all about those three points, really, at the end of it, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, Orient were fifth in the form guide, I think, something like that. They had the new manager bump, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah. We had that 4-1 early in the season and the 2-1 before that, plus the Papa John's Blues. You know, it was, it was I, I, I got to the ground about half hour before and there was a there was a big, there was a, just a, a murmur around the ground. I think it was like a therapy session for everyone. Everyone was still <laughs> talking about that, talking about the game. It would have been all right if it was like 2-0 or 3-0, wouldn't it? We've all moved, but we were so close to it and you could tell people were still getting over it a little bit. And I thought Matt, Matt's pre-game as well, he still sounded pretty gutted and disappointed about it didn't he and i wonder what i i mean, hadn't spoken to the players or seen the players but i assume they were pretty much like that as well so to get themselves up for it i thought you know i mean i know they're pros but they you know to get themselves up for it and to get grind that uh, win and get three points i thought was i thought was great you know it was um, uh, tricky conditions the wind you know i mean is it always windy up there i don't know we always say that anyway, tricky conditions windy yeah. we always say that don't we but i mean absolutely owned them in the first 35 when it the tempo and that press was great. A couple of good chances. Harry Shaw and of course the goal. Because he's on fire, isn't he? And um, mm -hmm. they moved the ball about a bit quicker in the second half, I thought. But they didn't. They, they, they didn't create too much, did they? The shots were outside the box. Uh, uh, Paul Smith, their number seven, looked, looked as though he might be dangerous. He's had. A, he's been on form lately. But but we closed him down, and he didn't have many. Shots. I think he had one shot. Um, and we looked a bit tired at the end, but we battled through it. And uh, and us nice, <coughs> some good uh, good game at the end there with uh, seven minutes well it was four minutes added on <laughs> yeah ended up seven minutes <laughs> yeah so yeah and we could lift out and randall out you know everyone just stepped up again didn't they so yeah can't speak highly enough of, of them for um, um uh just uh dragging them back out from that uh, papa john's and um and getting the three points so we're uh we're back in it oh, we're still in it aren't we absolutely um just one little thing that 
as as you know, I went big time this week, and I went for the lunch ahead of time. Just, <laughs> I'll drop that in. Um, Matt Matt was there, um, and yeah, he was gutted. But what he actually said is, um, the, the players were off on Monday. He gave him an extra day off on Tuesday. He had them back in on Wednesday, and he said, I didn't know what I was going to say to him, and they actually brought me up. They were the ones going, right, come on, let's crack on now. It's gone now. So I yeah. think the players um, were, were, were the ones dragging him. Um, I know, David, what, what, what are your, your thoughts? I know you had a slightly different view to us um, from the warmth of your, your living room. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I, was, I tuned in. I paid my £11 and uh, tuned in on iFollow, which I have to say, by the way, I think is a great service. I mean, it's... Um, for those of us who can't get to the game, wherever, even, you know, you might be ill or got COVID or in my case, I'm living in uh, Madrid, but uh, it's a fantastic thing to be able to do, to tune in and see the games. Uh, I, I pretty much agree with everything that you just said, actually, uh, Paul, not, not much more to add. I thought they did, did very well. Um, and it is a bit, um, it's a bit attritional. It was a bit attritional, really. I mean, the, the second half, we definitely were under the cosh a little bit, but they got through it. And, um, you know, it's all the usual football cliches apply. I know that it was three points ultimately, which is the, the name of the game is winning at this stage. And uh, I thought they did a great job, really. It's fantastic, really. I'm just so impressed by this group of players. The, they just seem to have a great team ethic and a work ethic. And considering where we've come from, it's all quite amazing. And then the week prior to that, because I was still feeling a bit gloomy myself after the minute 96 at Wembley. I don't know about you guys, but it took me a few, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm nowhere near doing what they're doing, but I, I felt a bit down for a while. I, I've kind of taken the opinion, I can't remember who said it, but on one of the, one of the feeds somewhere, someone had said, if they had equalised in the 77th minute, we would have accepted it a lot more than the 90 or 76 minute because we would have kind of gone, all right, fair enough, that's fine. But because we were like literally there about to hold it, it that's that's why it hurt so much. But I think we won yeah. sort of, we didn't play badly. We've impressed a few people. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it, we didn't want the fairy tale to have that ending. We'll, we'll wait for another nine games to get another ending. I mean, I think had, had it been 2-2 after um, 80 minutes, we would have all thought that was fair enough. And then in extra time, they were clearly a bit stronger and a bit yeah, fitter yes. and, and uh, you know, deserved to win ultimately. So no complaints. And we had a wonderful day out and it was a fantastic achievement in itself, I think. So I think it's important not to forget that really because, you know, winning or losing, it's still, if you go back to the start of the season and if you'd said we're going to be more or less in playoff places at this stage of the season and we would have played a Wembley final no one would have really believed that I don't think in all honesty would you I, I would have possibly suggested you went for a lie down um, because <laughs> exactly. that, that is just a ridiculous thing to suggest and then yeah. and yeah you do kind of walk away from games thinking oh I'm gutted and then actually do you know what yeah. that's a bit silly because yeah where we expected to be um but we do move on. Um, Craig has joined us um, but, uh, to talk about the Mansfield game. Before I bring Craig in, I will just um, say a couple of quick things before he has the right to reply. Craig has the... <laughs> it's his fault that this format is as it is. Um, I am almost like the Aldi 
um, Colin the Caterpillar, or Cuthbert the Caterpillar, to his Colin the Caterpillar, because Craig and I had a chat before he came on before, and he gave me some really, really good pointers, and um, he does the Sunday sermon, and I do the Sunday service. So, <laughs> bringing in the original and a very good podcaster and broadcaster um, from Mansfield Matters is Craig Priest. Hello, Craig. How are Hi, you? Hi, guys. I remind, must remind you to uh, must remind you to send me the invoice for that uh, excellent <laughs> intro there. But uh, <laughs> no, it's really good to see you guys uh, absolutely smashing it. And it's it's very weird actually to see uh, this software from the other side of it because I'm used to seeing the view that you that you see. So it's uh, it's quite it's quite weird, but uh, good to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what, Greg? I'm I'm so useless at this. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting about the chat. And I've, I've got Alan Cox, who's jumped in on Facebook, saying it was a very physical game and was chatting to the bar. And he, and, and he said the boys are all still recovering. So sorry, Alan. And, and thank you. <laughs> I yeah. kept forgetting the chat again. Um, but you guys have had a bit of a a bit of a good run since we beat you and dispatched you back in the depths of winter. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been a, a bit of a strange one. I mean, for me personally as well, it's it's been a whirlwind then because actually that that game was the first where I was actually back uh, on the radio being a commentator for the local commercial station at, at the very last minute. So uh, I've I've got personally fond memories of that night. But uh, yeah, since then I, I don't know whether Nigel Clough will say actually no, it's it's you, Craig, that's uh, done it. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's it's been it's been good. We had a fantastic run. We had a really good run of form at home and. The, the the run of home games which we had um, sort of early on in that sort of time November December time really contributed to that we've we've broken a club record eleven consecutive wins in Sky Bet League Two on home soil as well so uh, that's really helped us out and I would say we, we've been on a, a good run but actually of late we have sort of started to slip off a little bit as well we um, ended up losing at Tramier in the the very last minute so I can sympathise with you guys in, in terms of the uh, the Papa John's final and, and how things ended for you there. Um, we lo- then lost at Port Vale, which is a result at the minute, which is sort of costing us because they're three points in front and with a much superior goal difference. We've had a few stutters here, there and everywhere. We've lost our sort of leading goal scorer at the minute as well, Reese Oates are injury. So it's all setting up though to be a nice final end of the season. Nothing ever mm. goes well in Sky Bet League 2. You can just see how tight it is. I mean, yeah, I look at you guys sort of you know, you were really, really flying at the start of the season. You top three, and it was looking like you were going to go up in on the automatic. Sort of dropped off with the cup and everything, but you're still well within the race because it is literally that tight. One set of results on Saturday afternoon can absolutely change the whole picture of the of the League Two standing. So it's uh, it's really exciting as a broadcaster and as a fan more than anything else to to be involved in it and see how it unfolds. Yeah, it's it's completely insane, and the amount of teams that have to play each other. Mm. Um, is 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 quite good for us. Um, I know Port Vale. Yeah, it was yesterday, wasn't it? They they got that late winner. Yeah, um, very frustrating. Although, uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, um, I think Oldham had pulled it back twice as well, and Oldham aren't actually a bad side. We went there and and beat them, but they should they should have uh, they should have beat us. To be fair, yeah. we weren't we weren't great. They're not a bad side, and uh, out of anyone, I'd probably back them to probably stay up. But Scunthorpe, who we have you got Scunthorpe yet to play yet? No. no. Oh well, that, that I mean, managers will come out and say, "Oh, it's it's not a given that you get three points." <coughs> Honestly, it is because they play the the team is pretty much made up of fourteen year olds at the minute. It's a sorry state that they're in, and uh, yeah, if we have had, if we'd have had three or four more players that were fit yesterday, we could have probably got double figures. It's uh, it's alarming to see what state they're in. Yeah. To be fair, and goal difference could be 
important, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah it really could. Yeah, and that's that's why I was a little bit frustrated that we only got four yesterday and uh, <laughs> and not as many. Because you look at the difference between us and Port Vale goal difference wise, actually, and uh, yeah, that swing could be uh, absolutely critical, as you say. Yeah, we we beat them four one. I think it was at home. I think Harry scored that own, own goal. I think that's, that's a match. It, yeah, yeah, it was a match. Yeah. Um, but they were woeful. And I, 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 I really, I rarely say that about other teams um, because it's not really my business. Um, Me too. But, but yeah, they were, they were, they were shocking. And I actually, I did. I think Gabby had put uh, Gabriel, sorry, had put out a thing. Or well, what's the game? What do you think of the game today? And um, I said, I think Scunthorpe fans deserve a medal for following that team up and down the country because they, they, were, they were awful. Yeah, they um, let the frustrations go a little bit. Yesterday, we had our game yesterday. Actually, had everything halfway through the second half. We were four 0 up. They started launching tennis balls onto the pitch, which was quite funny. Um, then there was a, as the stewards were distracted collecting them all up, there was a pitch invasion from their fans. They managed to get them off the pitch eventually after probably about five or six minutes. We then went down the other end, and Danny Johnson, our striker, who's placed for Leighton Orin, has barely been in the team of late. He had a really golden chance to get a fifth and put himself in the manager's thoughts. Fired it into the side net, and you would not believe the string between the the top corner of the net and the, the stanchion, he snaps the string so that it comes down. So the grounds must have come on. It takes another 10 minutes for uh, to oh, get fixed. I, I very, didn't get home till midnight. It's only an hour down the road. <laughs> well, we, we had an upset because they stuck up four minutes of um, added time. We were like, well, at least it's not seven. And then there was an injury and uh, we're all sitting there going, it's going to be seven. It's going to be seven. It's going to be seven minutes. <laughs> But what, what are your thoughts, guys, ahead of, ahead of the game? What, um, well, I've got, a, if you allow me a question for yeah, Craig, um, I've got a house of stadiums these, these days at Mansfield because I've got a memory from the late 1980s. I went to see uh, Mansfield Town play Wimbledon. In, I think you might, you look quite young, Craig. You might not yeah. even be born. Correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do remember Dave Besson being in goal for Wimbledon. So it must have been late 1980s. And I remember it being a particularly drafty terrace at, at your stadium. Well, uh, you'll be pleased to hear that the terrace is now gone. It is now a, an all-seater bar for the stand on the far side Bishop Street, which is condemned. It's not used anymore. It's just got the gantry there for the cameras. Right. Uh, but it's seated each side behind the goal. But if you're thinking that stopped the draft, no. It's, it's the, the, old, <laughs> the old owner whose name I will not use because I feel sick and old Mansfield fans feel horrible when it's used. Um when we redeveloped the ground in the sort of late nineties, early noughties, had the opportunity to buy the land, some land which was then behind it. It's now got a retail park on it with various you know, pet shops or etc. We had the opportunity to buy that sort of land and turn it around a little bit so the ground would get sun. Now what we did, we just whacked the massive main stand up in the only bit where the sun always shines. So that is why our pitch on one side in front of the main stand, never gets any sun to it and always cuts up. So it's still the coldest place other than the Oldham away end in League Two by a country mile, even on a hot yeah. summer day. So bring your coats, lads. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna I mean it's gonna be uh yeah, it's gonna be tough, isn't it? I think Mansfield have lost what be three at three at home, same as us, and I think there's only one other team who've um uh lost less than that in the league. So um so which made the that Orient result even more important, didn't it? Because I think it while we was Having a look at those seven games, this was the one you thought, well, if we get a point out of this one, it'll be a bonus. Actually, this is this is probably the most difficult one we've got left on the list, especially yeah. as loads of teams won yesterday as well, didn't they? Exeter, mm-hmm. well, Salford, I think, uh, a couple of others, and, and uh, plenty of others got a point. So those, those three points against Orient, I think, um, definitely put us on on, on the uh, uh, 
on the way. But this one, this is out of all the games, this is the one where you think this is this is a tough gig. This one, I think. But, from uh, but, we, but um, you know, inj- our injuries are, you know, we got the team back. A lot of those, mm-hmm. you know, what was it a month ago? We had ten players out. Now I think, you know, we might have one or two out. And um, so, um, and uh, and and that win will give them a bolster. So um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a very similar story to us at the start of the campaign where we were sort of struggling. We went on a 14-game run without a win. We were missing uh, our best player, Stephen Quinn, who's about 49 and and still running like around a six-year-old. He's it's 36, but he runs around like he's a child. He's He's got energy and enthusiasm to burn. He was suspended for six games. We had James Perch missing, experienced defender through a injury, which we thought would end his career, but he's actually now back fit and playing, which is great to see. But those little factors, when you miss one or two players, really start to hinder you and go into... That's why I think you talk, spoke about our home form there. You guys were sort of looking at it and thinking, that's going to be the hard one. Like I said earlier, we've won 11 on the spin in League Two. It's a new club record. Um, the previous one was 10 set in the early 1940s, which is just ridiculous. And the only thing sort of playing our advantage as we look at the running at the end of the season is the fact that thanks to a certain Steve Evans and his COVID pulling techniques for the Stevenage game, it's given us that all important game in hand. But it also means that three of our last four games of the season are actually at home. All right, we've got Forest Green to play, of course, the league leaders on the final game of the season. But looking at the way they're going, they should be signed, sealed and delivered by then anyway. Um, but three, having three of the last four games at home of the season plays into our hands really, really well. And our home form is incredible. Our home support is is great as well. So we're be interesting one to see how it plays out. And uh, yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be interesting to see how teams sort of set up against us because we don't have any fear at home anymore. We had that at the start of the season. And uh, yeah, we certainly don't now. We don't let teams play. We make it as uncomfortable as we can for them. So uh be an interesting one to, to see how it unfolds and I guess it all depends on who you guys have got on the on the, the Monday as well we've got a trip up to Carlisle so it's quite a lengthy one for us so Nigel Clough will sort of be looking to uh, get that one done on about the hour mark and sort of start resting legs a little bit so it'd be interesting to see uh, what you've got on the Monday as well we, we've got Newport at home so, uh, yeah, our, so you've got two, a very confused weekend then haven't you yeah, yeah. we've yeah. got the two toughest games uh, uh, over that weekend and uh, before I bring David to hear his thoughts I just wanted to say you've mentioned club record a couple of times that's not going to impress us because we've broken so many club records this season it's uh, every single thing we do is club records club record <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty though isn't it of, uh, when you're doing well in a season because think you know these things do happen and you know you guys as supporters because you couldn't really go last season because of Covid like any of us must be absolutely really loving it. I think that's a big reason why Mansfield's home form is it is is what it is because fans have missed going to home games, so they're piling yeah. in. And it's the same for fans up and down the country. And you guys, you know, you've got to Wembley, you're in and around the playoffs, you've been in the top three, breaking all these records. Must be so, so good to see. And uh, one thing I would say, though, and I, I sort of heard you talking about it backstage when I was waiting a little bit, was uh, you've, you guys as a club have got to get over this loss in the final because it will come back to bite you because as a collective it does create this whole thing of oh well we've been there it's weighing on our shoulders you've done that you've got to look at it as oh it's such a great achievement we've got there we've been so unlucky but now put all your energies into the last few games of the season because if you don't that's where you're going to trip yourselves up as a collective because you're such a community club I can really see you're much closer to what the, the players are you're much closer as fans to the players than what other clubs like Mansfield, Newport, etc., are. So I think that as a collective, you guys really need to hit on the head and say, this is, you know, we're going to give it a go now and it is what it is. In fairness, that that is mostly 
us as, as fans um, <laughs> because I heard from because it's all over social media. But um, after the after the match, we all went back to the club, and there was quite a few people. And it was, I think it was two thirty before people were going home on a Sunday night. Two thirty, it was a, a good atmosphere. And it was like, what would have happened exactly if we had won that competition? Mm. Um, but from three or four different people, different people at the club, it was basically. Yeah, okay. This is this isn't it. This is the start. So it's all going to be a springboard. I think it's it's us lot that are going. Oh man, the players are like, yeah, done. Move on, move on. And um, they're knackered, poor little things. But it's because we've got a small, a small squad. But um, I, I think um, they're they're over it already, and they're just looking forward to a return. Um, David, I, I know you're from afar, but um, what what what? What do you what do you think on on that and yeah, the, and the I, game? I totally, I, I totally think. I mean, if as we said earlier, if someone had offered this at the start of the season, we would have absolutely signed up for a Wembley final and win or lose. So I think it was a huge achievement just to get there. So I think we should be popping the champagne about that and and then thinking about the next few games and that's about it really. I don't yeah, win or lose really. It doesn't. I think it shouldn't matter very much. It was just yeah. a fantastic achievement. Um, I have a. Mike, I've heard a question for Craig as well. May I? Yeah. Um, so we're we're all in awe of our manager here, Matt Gray, um, Craig. So we absolutely think he's done an amazing job. Uh, it's, as a matter of interest, what's it like having a superstar former Liverpool Nottingham Forest player as a manager of a League Two club? Does it change everything? Well, at least you didn't go with Brian Clough's son, which many others do. So uh, that's that's a good start. Um, no, I mean, when we was in a horrible position um, when Cluffy was appointed, you know, we had Graham Coughlin before him, who had an horrendous start to the previous season, couldn't buy a win, didn't win at all. In his entire tenure as manager, got four wins, overhauled the squad, brought all these players in, and it looked like a good squad on paper. It just didn't click for him. And we were in such a negative place because it was the height of the pandemic. And as fans, we needed something to lift us. But we were in a really good position that there were so many managers out there that could come in and do a, a really good job. And everybody sort of looked at Nigel Clough and the job that he'd done at you know, Burton Albion in particular, but also behind the scenes, uh, like the likes of Derby and Sheffield United, where he'd cleared a big wage budget, got a good squad that are playing for each other. And that's what we wanted him to do. And we brought him in and the excitement levels were there, but we knew it'd be a long process. And I think we still think that now. And one thing he's been very good at doing is keeping a lid on things and keeping a lid on our expectations because we've been bitten by it before. I mean, only, what, two or three seasons ago, um, Mansfield were going well all season on and on the final day of the season needed just a point to go up at MK Dons and we threw it away and then we lost in the playoffs and we're, we're still here and uh, Nigel Clough is well aware of that he's well aware of the history and at the start of the season he came in and he was asked what are, what's his ambitions for this campaign and he said we're going to try and win promotion and his emphasis was on the word try and everybody's brought into that if we don't do it this year then we'll go again next year and just pick ourselves up. And he's really eased that and he's got everybody brought into it. And I think a lot of fans are just enjoying the ride. They, they like having the name there. They like having that sort of prestige, which he, which brings with it. But he's very humble. He's very switched on. And other than a lot of managers who, you know, have got this big reputation of promotion winners, prime example was what, six, probably six, seven seasons ago now when Steve Evans was our manager. And we're talking Steve Evans when he was still a success. So every club that he'd been at before, he'd got promotion with and it was almost guaranteed that Mansfield were going to get promotion. 
he's since and he that sort of helps to galvanize the club a little bit. He got the fans in, it got us sort of bouncing, got us playing really, really well and really lifted the expectation levels through the roof. Um and sort of since then, since he walked out and has left, it's it's not been great, but those expectation levels have, have stayed up there and that's been our downfall. Clough comes in and completely, you know, lowers them and sort of makes it more of a realism. And I think like you guys with the, with your manager, you know, you, you brought into his ethos, you brought into his work ethic. And even when things aren't going great, that you still support him. And that that's the, the key highlight. I mentioned earlier when we had the 14 game spell without a win, any other club up and down the country is screaming for the manager to get sacked. And all right, there's a percent percentage of Stags fans that were like there, but we're talking less than five percent of fans that are doing that, and that's crazy to think. And it just shows that if you've got that support from the fan base, win, lose, or draw, when things aren't going your way, when things are going your way, it's even better. So uh, I think, in terms of looking at the two football clubs, we're two football clubs with a fan base who fully believes in the manager, and fully believes that if it's not this season, while we all hope it is that next season just whets the whistle and whets the appetite for, for an even better season to come. Yeah. I mean, Matt's very similar with the, he keeps saying the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too low. Um, yeah, he's, he's totally bought into it and we, we can do no wrong as far as we're concerned. <laughs> I think I did very well when I had him on. I didn't just sit there going, I love you. <laughs> Every single question. <laughs> but I, I, I got him to come on again. So there's always that chance. <laughs> Sorry, this was something I completely forgot earlier. Um, and just just uh, wrapping up, obviously, uh, I think from our point of view, we'd take a, we'd take a draw um, quite quickly. We'd happily take it now. Craig, what 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 would you would you take if someone said now you're going to draw? Have it? No, no. no. I, hand on heart. I mean, I'm looking at where we are on the table and, and looking at uh, thinking about our final running. If Mansfield finished in the playoffs, we will not go up. I'll, I'll say that now. If we finish in the playoffs, there's not a chance that we will go up. I'd love to, to see that proved wrong, but I just don't think we will. If Mansfield wants to be successful, we have to finish in that top three. and We're good enough to to do that. We've got enough about us in the squad and that comes from the home fall. If, if it was the reverse, had we played you at home earlier in the season, we were coming down to you on, uh, on Good Friday, I'd 100% snap your hands off right now for a draw. But at home, with six, seven games of the season to go, we can't afford to be taking draws on home soil. We've got to go out and win. So, um, you know, I wish you guys all the best and hope that you enjoy your day apart from the 90 minutes. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 we've got to win. Otherwise, it's uh, it's going to really knock our fans' confidence. And I think that'll be the the end of our season. So, we, we've just got to keep winning. But I wish you all the best. It's usually 97 minutes, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably, yeah. yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, Please right, don't so, more than enough. Yeah. Um, so... As professional as always, guys, I forgot to ask you for your player of the day nominations when we were talking about yesterday's game. This format's um, going really well for you, isn't it? I mean, uh, you, know when you, you know when you said at the start that you really do emulate Mansfield Matters? You're not wrong, because my yeah, all I, over the I'm place like, anyway. I'm, so. I'm like this, I go all over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I it's do. I, central, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're like it. I mean, I, I could throw another spanner in the works for you if you want, because, you know, we've, a got, we, we, we've got to talk... While I've remembered this, let me do this. Right, then right, you can, yeah, then you can do it. Right. <laughs> I'll forget this again. <laughs> so, Paul, go on. Who do you reckon? Um, uh, player of the match? Yeah. Play, oh, player uh, of the day. But it's, it's got a rhyme with pod. Pod. No, player okay. of day. It's the I, whole no, point of it. I, mean, I thought... Huh? Uh, it's the whole point. 
the uh i mean you can't i, I couldn't look further than uh, kizzy or well, actually all the back four really but uh i'd go, I'd go with uh kizzy on that one go on uh, david who you reckon this is very boring this is bad for the podcast but um i totally agree with you i thought joe kizzy was fantastic and he scored a goal so yeah, they all have it. Always, it's all. It's, I think you got. It sounds a bit political, political. We say this, but I think you can't really pick out one. It's not fair. You maybe yeah. need to have a, a new section in the podcast, which is um, best five of the day or something. Well, this is this is why I didn't do it at Wembley. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing a player of the day for that one. That's not fair. No, that just the wouldn't be fair. The trouble with Joe is he's, he's great. He's wonderful fullback. He, he scores lots of goals, but he has got that gif of of the of the clamps. <laughs> so it's a bit of a. <laughs> It's a bit, I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, Joe, Joe Kizzy, I won't even bother doing a nomination thing today because it'll, 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 it'll be Joe. I'll, 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 vote for, I'll vote for Alistair Smith. Did he play? Is he playing? He, play, he, he only came on. He's just come back from injury. So that's oh. bad news for you. Oh. He's, he's, he's been injured for ages and ages. And yesterday he came on for 20, 15, 20 minutes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like Ali. Yeah. Ali's a really good lad as well off the yeah. pitch. And I've yes. got a lot of time for him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. when he was younger, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a brilliant lad. So I wish him all the best. But I'll, yes. I'll vote for him just to mess up your system. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but you know, he, he came on for a little bit, and it, it was like, oh, he's back. Um, no. So yeah, yeah, he, he's, he was a very good player. He kind of got chucked in because um, we suffered. I think I said this last time. We had a few injuries, mm. and he kind of was brought on a little bit earlier than maybe we wanted to be bringing him in for the season. And he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, and he, he he was for a stage keeping out Harry Butman, who <laughs> who as Matt was saying at the time in his interviews, this is a player who's done wonders for me the whole time I've been here, and <laughs> I've got this young kid bring him outside. Um, but yeah, he was excellent. Um, on on the managers, I was thinking, and I did mention this to, to Matt and a couple others. I looked it up a few weeks ago um, because I I just can't get this whole sacking of managers so quickly. I know you were talking about sticking by him. Um, and a few weeks ago, Matt was the 17th longest serving EFL manager, and he's been in the job for not three years yet. That's that, crazy. It's so crazy, isn't it? Insane. Yeah. Mean, how, how can you expect a manager to come? I mean, for me, it's great news because I was pointing mm. it out to him as if to say, you just want to stay here. You don't want to keep moving around. Just stay in Sutton. <laughs> we'll look after you forever. Um, but how can you expect a manager to build anything? That's that, that's a that problem. Time? And, you know, you look at, Forest Green, for a prime example, they're probably the, the ones who uh, stuck with it for, for a while. I mean, they had, what, Mark Cooper for years and were always in about it and decided that a change was needed in the summer. And to, to be fair, the changes worked and they're doing really, really well. Other, other sides don't sort of get that. And uh, it, it's one of those where you, you, when you've got a squad of players, I mean... I was speaking actually to a couple, at the moment we're doing a series. It's twenty years since we last won promotion from within the, the football league, and I'm doing a series one of one of the old players. Now I actually had the the promotion winning manager on commentary with me yesterday, and we were talking about how it's changed. And then his squad he'd brought through as a youth team from the mid nineties, and he'd carried them all the way through for five or six years, and now you wouldn't get that at all. And it's exactly how Ali Smith dropped out of Mansfield's system because he'd come in with one manager, but by the time he'd matured enough to be able to have a first-team slot, we've had two different managers. So he's not in the thoughts. But had it been the, the original manager who had brought him into the youth team and watched him and developed him, he would have got a shot because it's it's that it's that whole journey process. And you're absolutely spot on. 
You don't get anywhere by changing a manager after six months if it's not going right. There are some occasions where you do have to change it because it's it may cost you your league status. Mansfield and Graham Cochran being the, the prime one, it was a ROM appointment. The owners held the hands up and, and knew it and they knew they had to get it right the, with the next appointment and did with Nigel Clough. But there are so many other clubs that you look at. Um, it was a few seasons ago that went through, well, yeah, Notts County were a prime example. They were flying, but got off to a really bad start. Brought in Harry Kuehl. What did he stay there for? What, about six, seven games and then sacked him and brought somebody else in and then ended up getting relegated. I mean, great decision by their board. Uh, but And then there was a, you know, a couple of other clubs as well. Crawley did it a, a few times. Um, Oldham seems to do it every now and again. To, Colchester have run the third yeah. or fourth this season. Yeah, it's it's just it just beggars belief. And you think as a club as well as a bit from a business perspective, not from a fans perspective, when you bring those play those managers in on contracts, they want their own squad of players, so they want a transfer window. They then want assurances to bring in their own backroom staff, which means then sacking off three or four others. And then when they eventually get sacked, not only are you paying off a three or four season contract for one person, you're actually doing the same for three or four. So yeah. it's no wonder that clubs end up in debt and, and that clubs end up struggling financially when they, they don't do it. And all because you're not getting a good couple of results. And it really, really does make me think actually about Mansfield's situation this season and how patient David Sharp, our CEO, was with Nigel Clough. Because if it had sacked him then, we would not have had the response that we wanted. We'd be still, we'd probably, we'd probably be out of the, you know, the mess. We'd, we'd probably be maybe 19th or, or 20th, but... That's not where we want to be. Just a little bit of faith goes a long, long way. And I just hope, you know, from, from your guys' sake, that uh, your manager sticks with you as a club and doesn't sort of out, outgrow it a little bit. Because I think he's got a nice little project there, which he's built up and built up over the years and mm. is really, really respected. And I think the, the name Sutton United is really, really growing early doors as a football league team, which is credit to the work he's done. A lot of people wrote you guys off when you came, came up and said, oh, you know, they're, they're that oddity, which has won the conference. They'll go straight back down. But, you know... There's so many other clubs that people have said that about that are now established in the football league, even higher. You look at you look at Accrington, prime example, um, other clubs like that who people write off for having this small stature, but they show faith in the manager. They build a pro- project and it goes well for them. So uh, fingers crossed that he he doesn't go. Oh, there's some nice money there. I might go to a, a league one and, and gamble. I don't, I don't think he will. Um, <laughs> doesn't seem that sort of guy yeah, from what no. I've watched. Yeah, we, he kind of, um, I mean, there is one club, um, he did say, if they came calling, it's like, see ya. <laughs> but that was Tottenham. So we've got a, a year or two before, before <laughs> yeah, they come down. Yeah, the level's yeah. there. The level's before they there. come down to us, I think we're all right. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've, we've covered quite a lot there. Um, any Anything else you wanted to add, Paul? No, no. No? no. All good, mate. Uh, no. Excellent. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And, I know you were giving me some stick for having having the lunch, but then I did notice that you were asking about the stand transfer yourself. So you were, <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you yeah. My son wasn't with me yesterday, so I thought <laughs> I might have a cheeky upgrade and go and sit in the main stands. But uh, those old yeah. days, where you could throw someone a few quid no. with a bucket, they're um, gone. It all looks wrong from that angle. The whole the whole pitch looks up back to front. It's like being at a away game. I tried it today. <laughs> I'll come back to that. I tried it today. It's just all wrong. Um, David, anything you want to add? No, no, not really, Mike. It's been great fun. Excellent. Well, we'll, I've got your email now, so you're stuck. You'll be on here again, so don't worry. Um, As as Craig knows, because he's rapidly changing his email. Um, That's very true. 
<laughs> before before you, you kick me out, can I just bring mm-hmm. up one one thing? Yeah, Obviously, of course you can. Um, we, there's a nice little podcast community which really comes up on, in the lower leagues, which is great. And I was on Northampton's one the other week. I'm sure you've been on it as well. Yeah. And, uh, oh, no, he, I had him on mine. Oh, yeah. He's, they're great guys. They're great guys there and they do a really good job. Um, and obviously, since the reverse fixture, I've been doing commentary for the local radio station. I was actually uh, given a, a bit of a dare, a bit of a bet that I wouldn't ask the players what the favourite biscuit is. <laughs> so obviously, I took it on and I've you know got a nice little bit of income from it, which we now give to charity, which is great. Um, but I brought this up on the Northampton podcast and their listeners seem to really enjoy it. It then sort of got spread around Twitter. You weighed in on the debate. So I can't come on here and not ask you guys, what's your favourite biscuit? <laughs> Go on, you guys go first because I've got an answer to this, which I've already given. Oh, off the top of my head, probably, probably a hobnob. Are we talking normal or chocolate? Because you know. Oh yeah, no fair point. Uh, yeah, I'd go chocolate. Yeah, chocolate hobnob. Uh, uh, David's okay, in Madrid. So I, 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 I can be very specific. Go on. So I like the co-op gluten-free chocolate orange biscuits. That's niche. That's it's, it's a niche. It's, they have a very select, so select audience, and I, 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 I don't even know. I should share it with you because there might be a run on them now. I mean, status, I mean, strangely enough, that's not the nichest that I've had either, to be fair. <laughs> I think, uh, Ollie Clark, our captain, um, because he's from Bristol, uh, loves a Viennese finger. So that was that was the right. nichest one that I've had so far. That is quite really sophisticated, that. yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I I said that the malted milk chocolate only because that you don't get them very often. But then I had to confess, I'm not the camera's at this angle for a very good reason. <laughs> the, the the belly will tell you that there's no specific favourite biscuit. To be fair, <laughs> whatever the biscuits are, I'll, I'll have them. I don't care. Um, but yeah, no. It, British people do get very, very, very angered about biscuits and crisps. Try it with crisps as well. That's that's, yeah, that's, that's next season's. I think I'm yeah. holding I'm holding back for that for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for that one next season. Um, but yeah, on, on, on what I was going to say about today is, um, was it the, the ladies' game? Uh, great game. There's lots and lots of um, extra people there uh, that haven't been there before. Um, helped by a 4 0 win, which is obviously always great. I did catch one of the goals with some of the worst camera work ever. I've put it on Twitter if, if you want to see it. Um, but what I wanted to say is, David, you, you mentioned your claim to fame about getting onto the pitch when you're an eight year old. Um, I'm going to just say it. My my four year old daughter was at her fourth match. That's four matches, and they asked her to lead them out. So she got out onto Gander Green Lane. I've been going for thirty three years, and not once have I been on that damn pitch. Yeah, but, yeah, but you, you've met Tim Vine, so you know who's oh, who's no, the real no, winner. No, I'm not having this. I'm sulking all day. I'm like, this is outrageous. <laughs> it might be they spotted some talent in your daughter. <laughs> Yeah, talent to have a sulk about it. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was very funny and it was very nice. Um, so Jazz, if you are listening, thank you very much for asking me. She was delighted. Uh, but yeah, um, if anyone is still on the fence, most Sundays just pop, well, not most Sundays, obviously there's home and away fixtures, but um, pop down, support the girls. They are actually top of the table. There's only a few games left of the season, um, could get promotion and they really, really do appreciate the support. It's real old school feel. So David, you, you'd know this a bit more when the crowds were a little bit less you could do that whole walk around business, just chat to whoever you like at different parts of the ground. Um, and it, it is really, really, really good fun. And lots of goals as well, as I say, it's 4-0. Um, I'm only taking 30% credit because it was huff and puff for 40 minutes. And then I moved to the correct, proper spot to watch football from. 
and we scored three goals before half time. So I'm going to take a little bit of credit um, away from my four year old child. <laughs> I have to steal something from her. I can't have this. Um, but, gents, thank you very much for your time. Um, it has been wonderful. I will definitely have you all on again. Well, hopefully, Craig will be able to have you all again. Hopefully, League One. We'll, yeah. We'll yeah, both be in League crossed. One to do it. Yeah. Um, and um yeah thanks for listening everyone and take care and we will see you on the next one which should be i don't even know what day we're on we haven't, i'm hoping to get a special this week if not it will be next sunday um but yeah take care guys thank you bye bye cheers mike see you Podcast Network. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.